So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, this one's gonna be about another book summary, and this, this book summary, this super book summary, is actually pretty great, you know, it is really great. And this episode's also probably gonna be about a few thoughts, or thoughts that I'm having, and or that I think are quite good to share, and or to just spread, or to give to you, and all those things. So, I guess it could be quite good for you. But yeah, I'm gonna see you after the intro, as always. And with that being said, hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics podcast. It is a little bit disturbing just because I just before had some problems with the audio and I kind of have a funny feeling that I'm hearing myself all the fucking time by speaking into the microphone. But I guess it's, I don't know, it could just be like I'm only thinking about it just because it actually happened just before, you know that when I'm then actually speaking into my phone, it is also just sending it out, which is quite something interesting and quite something funny. It's not pretty cool, you know, because then it is broken and I actually had to start the episode again, which was quite fine, you know. But yeah, I think we should just start the episode. I am actually really happy to record this episode in this manner and or in this way, just because I didn't really think that I'm going to be able to record this in such a good way, you know, because I assume that everyone's going to be asleep at home just because I recently came home or I just actually came home and the first thing that I'm always doing is recording you know on quite a lot of days not every single day in a week but most often I'm just trying to record first and then do anything else just because I like it you know and I kind of have the feeling that I should be doing it and that I have to be just that I have to be doing it and whatnot you know even if I do not actually need to have an episode for today you know because I've already done everything for today which is amazing you know which is a really good thing if you're just having a day that's going to be busy, that's going to be a little bit maybe stressed out and whatnot, then it is definitely a pretty good thing to, uh, yeah, pre-produce some things. So yeah, let's actually head into the summary and I might be adding some things that I was thinking about later on. And as you can see on the left side of the screen, this summary is called The Bad of Procrustus by Nassim Nicholas Taleb or Taleb. Or Nassim Nicholas, or Nicholas, I don't know, it might also be, no, it's probably not going to be German, you know, probably not, it's probably going to be something else. Who is the author of The Black Swan and also Anti-Fragile or Anti-Fragile, which both are pretty known books and I think just pretty famous as well, not only known, but I think it's also relatively good books, especially Anti-Fragile. I would say that Anti-Fragile is actually better than The Black Swan because, I don't know, like I've always seen The Black Swan as just one of these these books that's actually not that good and all the summary lists that I've seen and all the book lists that I've seen. But I don't know, like it might also be just one of the kind of... Um, one of the things that, okay, if you have just once read that a book is bad then you're just not gonna read it, even though you don't actually know if it actually is a bad book, you know? Because just because somebody rates it as a bad book doesn't necessarily have to say or have to mean that it is also going to be a bad book. But yeah, this book is actually rated 9 out of 10 by the person I am on the site of on whatever. <laughs> Everything is going to be down in the description. So if you're searching for something, it's hopefully going to be in the description. And if it is not in the description, please hit me up on social media uh, on everything quite. You know, whether it be Instagram 
preferably actually, and or Twitter and or LinkedIn. Facebook, in theory, yeah. Will I be answering to you? Probably not, you know, so please just hit me up on Instagram, it's probably going to be the best, and or on Twitter or TikTok, you know, you could also be doing that. But let's actually go through the summary, you know, without wasting any more time. High-level thoughts. No other book can get me into a good groove of thoughts as quickly as this one. The joy of aphorisms is that they, that they are bit-sized pieces of thought meant to get you going. So you can jump around and find ones that fit the moment and you're off. Don't read this as, as your first tailor book, though. Um, which I can actually understand, you know, because it is actually, I assume, kind of a collection of just thoughts or, yeah, actually aphorisms, you know, which is actually quite short things, as he also says, which is, at least at my point of view, actually something that's pretty cool because it also reminds, reminds me on quotes, which is also something pretty nice because it is something short. It is something that you can just look into and then start actually thinking, as he as well says. But it, I, I really enjoy these things. You know, it might also be one of the reasons why I do enjoy um, Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss and also Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss, which are, at least at my point of view, or at least as I have experienced them, just because I only went through the summary, um, these are quite similar to this quote-unquote concept. But yeah, let's actually go through these aphorisms. Uh, aphorisms, by the way, are just things that describe, or is actually the word that describes things that are always like that. Um, as for example, I'm actually looking it up. So, uh, a pithy observation which contains a general truth. The old aphorism, the child is father to the man. Which actually I don't understand, but yeah, maybe there's, there's actually more examples. Uh, the debate begins and ends at the level of aphorism with commentators saying that something must be done. A conscious statement of scientific principle, typically by a classical author. The opening sentence of the first aphorism of Hippocrates. And in German, it would actually be eine Maxime, I would say. Or actually also aphorism, if you just want to take this one. So it's just something that's always going to be the case, you know. I would say no matter what language says, probably... So let's talk about gravity, I guess, you know, because it is there, you know, whether we are having a word for it or not, it is still fucking there. So yeah, it wouldn't be appropriate to summarize any of the aphorisms as Taleb says himself. My best definition of nerd or of a nerd, someone who asks you to explain an aphorism. Well, so instead, here are some of my favorites from the book. I strongly recommend you get it yourself as this is less than 5% of them. And it is already quite something, you know, so I assume that the book is going to be a little bit longer, but I don't know. Your brain is most intelligent when you don't instruct it on what to do, something people who take showers discover on occasions. I would say so as well, you know, it is actually the truth, you know. It is something that you probably have experienced as well, that if you're forcing your brain to do something intelligent, to do something smart, to do something that's good, maybe as well, then it's probably not going to do that. But if you are in a situation where you actually have to improvise and you have to do something that you kind of didn't really expect from yourself as well, then chances are pretty good that you are going to be able to do something that's great or intelligent or smart or whatever you want this to actually be. It is harder to say no when you really mean it than when you don't which is also quite the truth. You know, I actually assume that everything of these things are going to be the truth just because they are aphorisms or whatever the plural is. Actually, I think it is. Maybe. 
the most painful moments are not those we spend with uninteresting people, rather they are those spent with uninteresting people trying hard to be interesting. Maybe you can relate to that. I don't actually that much, you know, I can't relate to that that much, just, I don't know, I might just only be around people that are not trying to be interesting, maybe, I don't know, like it truly comes up to who you are and your surroundings and whatnot. If you get easily bored, it means that your bullshit detector is functioning properly. If you forget some things, it means that your mind knows how to filter. And if you feel sadness, it means that you are human, maybe my favorite one in the book, um, which I also really, really enjoy. And therefore, I'm also going to repeat it. If you get easily bored, it means that your bullshit detector, actually, as he says, the BS detector is functioning properly. If you forget some things, it means that your mind knows how to filter. And if you feel sadness, it means that you're human. We need to feel a little bit lost somewhere, physically or intellectually, at least once a day. And as I've been thinking about it, I would actually say that it does make sense to say something like that. Even though, like, if you're just, if you're talking to, if you're talking to people, you know, and it actually happened to me today, and I've been like, well, I don't really think that you should be living off of your parents, you know, I really believe that you should just be able to finance whatever you're willing to do by yourself or on your own, basically, you know, this is what I think about quite often, actually, and quite intensely as well, and I um, I quite do not really want to live off of my parents' money, you know, I'm, I'm actually doing it, you know, I'm not having a job, I'm not making any money, but I guess I'm actually in a pretty great way, maybe, you know, but we're gonna see what the future is gonna hold for me, whatever, what the future is holding for me, but, like, just, you know, it's, at least in my point of view, it also depends on how you live off of them, you know, I'm not trying to just spend my money on any fucking thing, which enables me to not use any of my money, you know, which, of course, a portion of the money that I'm having is just something that I worked for, of course, um, whether it be just because of competitions, or whether it be just because of uh, my internships and all those things, like a small portion, I would say, you know, a rather small portion, I would say, but still there is something, but I'm not trying to just, I don't know, spend my money on any fucking thing, I'm really not trying to do so, I'm always just uh, keeping a, an eye on my expenses, I'm never ever trying to just be expensive, and I'm also, I think it is also in the end going to be something that I'm, that I'm going to struggle with, and I'm still struggling with it, or at this point in time, I'm struggling with it with actually spending money because I'm quite unable to spend any money because I just don't want to do it. You know, it is something that's not really natural for me and or to me. It is just something that I don't do and I also don't really like to do. But yeah, um, so just the point of what I was saying is that probably a lot of people are going to disagree with you in that. So if you're thinking about it in the same way, maybe, then a lot of people are going to, at least at my point of view, they are going to not really agree with you, I guess, you know, maybe it's just because it is some sort of a known concept that you're going to live off of your parents until you make your own money and whatnot. And it is kind of like, yeah, what it is. But the problem with it is that if you're just living off of your parents, they are having the leverage which is something that I do not actually want to have. This is also one of the reasons why I'm trying to, I don't know, I'm, I'm actually living off of that money. Like, I'm not going to be like, well, you know, I'm not doing this and whatnot, but I understand that it is not something good because then they are having the leverage because then, because they're actually giving you the money. You know, you won't be able to exist without their fucking money. If you're able to sustain yourself without their fucking money, what should they be saying? You know, if you're able to actually rent a home live there without them and whatnot, what should they be saying? If they say, like, move out, you piss me off, 
you move out and you're just gonna have a normal life. It's probably not gonna be the best one, you know, it's probably not gonna be as good as in your parents' home just because of the uh, maybe money density or whatever you want to call it, but you're gonna be having a life, which is on the other hand also something that I'm thinking about. Like, I would actually argue, and I'm also not trying to be cocky or whatnot, uh, I would actually say that I'm gonna be able to or I would be able to just sustain myself in in a way that is probably not going to be a pretty nice way to have, I would say. So like, just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk about poverty. I wouldn't necessarily say so because I'm, I'm, I would have had a home or I would have a home and all those things, like all these really necessary things. But I, but I wouldn't really have anything that is not really necessary, you know, whether it be fancy food would it be just, I I don't know, I think it would also be tough to uh, finance just uh, internet and whatnot, you know, and, and Wi-Fi and all those things, because, I don't know, like, I would actually argue that it's, it's not going to be easy, since it's something that's quite expensive, and also, like, just my mobile phone, so that I'm able to use it, whatever it is called, I don't actually know, and, like, food is not going to be the problem, I'm able to just really, really, really um, just only live off of a few bucks a fucking week and I'm really fine with it you know I'm, I'm actually able to just cook some things I guess that are first of all quite healthy and also are just you know quite tasty you know it's not gonna be super nice but I'm never ever cooking something that's that's super nice I guess you know I would say you know compared to just being in a restaurant it's it's not gonna be as good it really is not gonna be as good just because I'm in a cook I'm cooking in a different way you know, I'm cooking in a way that um, there is actually quite some oil. Like, I'm not going to lie about oil. I'm actually using quite a lot of oil. And I think about just reducing the amount of oil that I'm using just because I'm just using it for cooking. I'm using it for just uh, my, my, my oats as well, which actually works quite fine. Even if it is just olive oil, which is having a really um, characteristic taste, I would say. You know, you can actually taste it, but it's not that bad if you're just doing it into your... Uh, in your oats, at least in my point of view, I think it's working really, really fine. Surprisingly, it's working surprisingly fine. But yeah, you know, let's let's actually move on. I think that I just didn't end my point. But yeah, you know, it, it's fine. We need to feel a little bit lost. I've gone through that. Uh, you exist if and only if you're free to do things without a visible objective, with no justification, above all, outside the dictatorship of someone else's narrative. Which is something that I didn't really understand, to be honest. But I would still say these bits that I'm understanding, I like them. You know, especially kind of the last one. Outside the dictatorship of someone else's narrative. Dictatorship actually says quite everything, I would say. <laughs> one, categor one categorical, it is easier to fast than diet. You cannot be slightly kosher or halal by only eating a small portion of ham. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. It really is what it is. And I would actually also argue that fasting is going to be easier than dieting. Because dieting most often is going to involve just not eating some things even though you're able to eat them. Or you are allowed to eat them. But if you're fasting, then... So, let's let's for example talk about intermittent fasting. When you're intermittent fasting, then you're actually allowed to eat anything and everything that you're willing to eat. But when you're eating is changed. When you're eating is gonna just be slightly different or maybe even just heavily different than how you're used to eating, you know, because you're probably gonna skip 
breakfast, which is, by the way, something that I do, and I'm doing really fine, you know? I don't know, like, people saying, well, you know, breakfast is the most important meal in the day. Yeah, I somehow can't understand it because it is fuel. Meal is fuel, food is fuel, and it is fueling my just brain and my body in the first hours of the day, or maybe not, but I'm not feeling it, kinda, you know, I don't really feel like, okay, I just need to eat something, I'm so fucking hungry, when it is like 11 o'clock, then I really get hungry, but I don't know, I don't know, you know, I don't really know. Studying the work, so by the way, because I just didn't end it again, um, when you're intermittent fasting, you're basically only changing when you're eating, which is making it easier just because you're then not going to be able to eat as much. Just because your time frame of when you actually are allowed to eat is way smaller than normally, you know, because you could also just get up at, I don't know, 1 a.m. and eat something, you know, which wouldn't kind of be allowed if you're fasting, probably, you know, unless you're kind of doing something, uh, just a different kind of fasting, I would say. You know, it's not going to be something crazy, it's just going to be a different kind. Studying the work and intellectual habits of a genius to learn from him is like studying the garb of a chef to emulate his cooking. Which is something that some other people also have been talking about. Like, I think it's been actually Gary Vee. And he said that if you're just having a look at some things that worked in the past for somebody, why the fuck should it first of all be working nowadays? Like, of course, there's going to be things that are going to work nowadays as well, you know? But on the other hand, like, it is working for this person. Of course, on the other hand, there are also just some general things that are going to work for just quite a lot of people. And I would just say trying it out works quite fine, I would say. You know, trying it out is something good. What fools call wasting time is most often the best investment. Um, in terms of the podcast, some people might definitely think that whatever I'm doing is going to be just such a fucking waste of time. <laughs> just because there is nobody watching. Just because there's nobody that is listening, just because of the early stages of this podcast or the early stages this podcast is in. But I don't know. I hope that, that I'm going to be able to just, in a few years, that I'm then going to be able to just be like, well, I'm not going to be like, well, I told you it is a good idea and whatnot, but I, I don't know, that I kind of just get my validation maybe and get like, well, yeah, you know, it did work out. You know, I, I just actually wanted to work out. But I'm also quite feared that I'm just gonna actually work on it endlessly. Yeah, you know, yeah, but I don't know, like, because in the end, if I'm doing just something like that, it wouldn't be something that great, because working on something with the hope of growth, I would say, by just maybe actually being delusional and not really realizing that whatever you're doing or the manner in whatever you're doing um, is, this thing is just not gonna pop, this thing is just not gonna grow, this thing is just gonna stay the same. It feels quite off, you know, it feels quite not that good. You will be civilized on a day you can spend a long period doing nothing, learning nothing and improvising, improving nothing without feeling the slightest amount of guilt. Something that I actually maybe have to learn, I guess, you know, because I'm always having to do something. Sometimes it's actually fucked up, most often I kind of am happy about it, you know, because is it drive or is it kind of like ADHD? No, I'm not having that part. But yeah, you know, someone who says I'm busy is either declaring incompetence and lack of control of his life and or trying to get rid of you. 
which is actually often something that I'm saying to my uh, younger sibling, uh, my my sister. I'm always saying like, okay, you know, I'm I'm just I'm not having any time. You know, I'm busy, which actually is the case. You know, because when I'm saying it, then I'm actually having something to do. But I I kind of also have the feeling that I should be there for her, and I'm also trying to do so. I really am heavily trying to do so because uh, my bro- I'm I'm having an older brother, and so therefore she's also having an older brother, and like. Of course, like my older brother has been like just such an incredibly important person in my life, but just because we are just only three years, like he's three years older than I am, therefore we just grew up together, which is not these, which is not the case for me and my sister. Like she's, I think it's nine years, and therefore it's gonna be twelve years for my brother. So she's nine years younger than me. Therefore, like, yeah, you know. It is fucked up sometimes, and I kind of feel like, well, she's more or less growing up as an just, is it single child or something? Like, just an alone child, somebody that is just alone, which is quite fucked up, you know? Not only is she going to develop certain character traits that are going to be just specific for these children, I guess, because, I don't know, I had to just share things with my brother, I just had to just play with my brother, and all those things, like, these are all going to be just some things that are incorporated into your brain, I at least believe. I don't know, there, there's probably going to be some studies on that. And still, like, I don't know, I'm actually sometimes really, really sad about that. I really am, because I'm just seeing that she's she's always having to play to play on her own. And there is actually no, nobody, I'm actually kind of feeling, like, really sad right now. Um, yeah, you know, there is nobody that uh, she can be playing with. You know, of course, I'm at home but I'm not always at home. Like, I'm having to do shit and I'm just having a podcast and whatnot, but I I should try more, I guess. I, I'm trying, but I should try more. But yeah, to end this episode in a really good way, just do it better than I'm doing, I would say. And I wish you the best health of heaven as an also success. And I also hope that you're going to remind yourself and you're going to be remembered, which basically means your legacy, you know, which basically means doing something good and then also going to be remembered as someone good. On the other hand, I'm having three other questions, which is, why are you here? What are you trying to change? And what is bothering you the most? These three are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even a business idea. I just hope. But yeah, I'm going to see you the next time.